Welcome to Grace Story Podcast. We're here to connect you with education, resources, and community that equip you for the journey of restoration. My name's Nate Davison, and I am your host here at Grace Story Podcast. Thank you for joining us once again for a special episode on all about legacy, what that looks like in the lives of those that have come before us, what it looks like for us, how do we build our own legacy, um, just what is it all about. And for that, we brought on my good friend, Kent Stetler. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Kent, and then we'll jump right in, bring him into the show. Kent Stetler lives in Cincinnati, Ohio with his wife, Janan, and their two boys, Caden and Crew. He currently works as the registrar at his alma mater and mine, uh, God's Bible School and College. He also serves as Director of Youth Challenge, a biannual religious youth event which meets in the Oklahoma City and Cincinnati areas. His favorite things include spending time with his family, sports, games, and travel. And above all else, he says he's thankful for the work that Jesus is uh, doing and has done in his own life. Kent, welcome to Grace Story Podcast. How you doing? Doing great, Nate, man. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, we had a little technical, uh, some technical issues uh, before this. You could say that. We're starting to show our age, man. Starting to show it. That's right. Yeah, I couldn't find the power button on the computer. It took forever, man. <laughs> the beards are in full, uh, again. like the beard game is on for this one, though. I, I'm trying I'm trying to mimic you um, and your luscious Ulysses S. Grant look. Um, I'm getting there. <laughs> No, yours is amazing. It's got like this beautiful shape to it. And maybe I shouldn't go too much further before people start to, you know, these weirdos uh, talking about their beard. You and I go back a long ways, though. Um, I mean, uh, well over 10 years for sure. Yeah, college uh, at least. And then some summer camps before that. Uh, A lot of people don't know, but we we were into multimedia presentations long before this podcast. Yeah, we were Uh, really trendsetters. With uh, with a, a a clip of what your computer sees, we put it on Facebook in the early days, and it went viral. Uh, over fifty downloads, um, at least at least that. I think well, on one of them we were pushing sixty, and it was it was all that we could do to just remain humble and really not pack our bags and uh, head west. Well, Josh Cravens was in on that. I don't know if people know him, uh, but you know, he's the one that's really taken off of the three of us, really it's skyrocketed. So it's true. The rest of us are just still back here figuring it out. Speaking of figuring it out and being remembered, uh, legacy is what we're talking about. How about that uh, caveat? That's great. That was good. You've come a long way since the, since our early days. So, yeah. So legacy is what we're talking about. And you know, we're all, I feel like most people want to be remembered well. There may be some yahoos out there somewhere that want to be remembered for terrible things or just get their names down in the history books. But talking about normal people, what they're going to be remembered for. And we we brought you on because um, your dad is, is an amazing individual. And it hasn't been too long since he actually passed. What what is it? Six, seven months? Just just over seven months. Seven months, which you and I were talking in the pre-show is, it seems like forever and just yesterday at the same time somehow. Absolutely. It doesn't make any sense, but yeah, that's a perfect way of putting it for sure. So before we jump into, you know, talking about him, his legacy, and then how it's kind of shaped you, your worldview, and what you want your legacy to be, um, what is life like now and how is your life with remembering your dad? What, what does it look like right now? Seven months out 
for Kent Stetler, remembering your dad? Is it melancholy? Is it all sadness? Is it the like? What are the emotions there? It's a little bit of it's a little bit of both, I would say. Um, for one thing, that's weird. I just turned thirty, and it's it's weird to think that like I have my whole life still ahead of me, God willing, and so it's weird to think of a life without him in it. Mm. Um, coming into twenty twenty two. I turned 30 in February. And I'm like, oh, this is the first year that I won't have my dad in it. And I won't get a text from my dad on my birthday or a call from my dad on my birthday. And those are just some weird, weird things to try and um, figure out, balance, go through. Um, I think that's part of the grief journey. Um, the one thing I will say, though, that has been beneficial or cool is remembering who dad was, really just stopping to think about all that he represented, the memories, um, and especially the, the ways that God worked in his life and in our, our family, um, how he just sort of zeroes in and says, this is what I've done throughout these years. Yes, he, you know, your dad is gone, but this is all that we did in those 30 years that you had together. And so there's, um, it is, it's a, it's a balance of, of lots of grief, but a lot of joy too, in, in remembering the, the beautiful, beautiful moments that we had together. Well, I remember when 30 sounded old. Sure. Um, and now it just, it, it sounds like it's put in perspective 30 minutes, uh, like could be 30 minutes. Just Absolutely. 30 years is not a long time. Um, I mean, scripture says life is but a vapor and I don't know, we're maybe we're just showing our age in all sorts of ways today with perspective. <laughs> but you talk about the good memories and, and remembering your dad. With him passing away in this past year, what what if you had to put into words, um, what is his legacy? So if I had to put it into words, and there's so much, you know, like you could, we could talk for for nine hours about this. And Dad, right now is my favorite subject, of course, remembering him. Um, I really think if I was trying to like narrow it down. It's, it's that he reminded people of Jesus. Um, he, he lived his life, poured out his life in service um, to God and uh, in loving other people. And uh, many people that know him know of his story and how he struggled with learning disabilities and feelings of inferiority and insecurities, um, all sorts of things in his growing up years. Um, and a lot of struggles really that he had, but somehow uh, he was able to sort of like come to a breaking point and surrender of those things to God. And then God just sort of took him on this awesome journey where really he, he truly did just leave a huge, huge impact on so many people's lives. And um, over and over, we've heard people say he just reminded them of Jesus. And I think that that to me is the biggest testimony of his life is that, hey, he reminded people of Jesus. Can, can you imagine? Because our, our ultimate uh, purpose in life is to glorify God. And can you imagine your legacy just being, you, you remind me of, of Jesus. I mean, that's, that's what, that's, that's the end goal, right? That's what we're shooting for or should be shooting for in all of our lives. So do you think your dad, well, in, in side note, I noticed too, both of us refer to, to your dad in the present, like he is, uh, sure. if you know, um, it, it, it goes to show how fresh this is. Um, but do you think your dad thought much about his legacy or how he would be remembered or did it just like he was, you know, there's an Ebenezer in the road and from there on, he was like Jesus or (laughs) was he purposeful (laughs) about his legacy? Absolutely not. I think if we, if dad was in the room right now and we were talking about, 
about this in, with, in front of him, talking about his legacy, how much he mean, meant to us. He, I almost know exactly what he'd do. He'd probably drop his head and he'd get a lump in his throat, tears in his eyes, and he'd kind of just shake his head a little bit and just in disbelief um, because he's he never once thought that he was something or somebody. Um, he was all too familiar with his uh, his weaknesses, his, his humanity, um, and he was never out to seek popularity or uh, status or prestige. Um, he didn't want any of that and didn't think that he really deserved it. But I think that in and of itself is a testament of, of what scripture talks about, you know, the last shall be first and first shall be last. And dad didn't think very highly of himself, but God magnified that and, um, and literally gave him a legacy um, through that while dad didn't really think that he amounted to much. Wow. I think that's something that a lot, uh, I know I can, relate to um because there seems to be this this inner almost person uh, of itself that is beat down and like i don't have much to offer or i don't have anything to offer why is anybody trying to listen to me sure. um, and those seem to be the people that uh and i hope it's true in my case that god uses the most absolutely um and you can you can learn a lot about people about their legacy from their their eulogies it Someone mentioned once that we should be telling people what we would say at their funeral before their funeral, because what good is mm-hmm. it doing them then? But absolutely, you had that untimely funeral um, just within the past year with with your family and all sorts of people gathering in. I, I know you had to choose a larger venue um, because of the amount of people that wanted to be there. Uh, what were some of those highlights as we continue to shape and and, and let the listener into knowing? what your dad's legacy looked like. What were some of those highlights you gleaned from, from what you said uh, maybe at the funeral and what those around you were speaking about at your dad's funeral? Sure. Um, well, I think one thing that first jumped off was like in, in my immediate, immediate family, we had been very blessed to really be kept from grief and death for, for many, many years, literally within the last, five to five to seven years has been the, is the first time in my 30 years of life where there has been death. My grandparents died about seven years ago. Tragically, my cousin Paul, who was on uh, your podcast uh, several months ago, his his wife tragically died. And that was the first person in like our immediate family that we lost of, of like a tra- of like a tragic nature. And then the next one was my dad. He was 61 years old. He was basically the Prime of life, uh, good health, um, such a strong as an ox. Um, it was just that was the that was probably the one of the biggest things, the biggest wake up call between all of us as a family with his brothers, his siblings. Um, everyone just realizing, like, wow, you know, Steve died at sixty one from COVID. Uh, it's just a crazy, crazy thing. So that really puts things into perspective. I think of the frailty of life um, and how it's like it is but a vapor. Um, one minute uh here one thing that's so crazy is dad and i got COVID at the same time and he and i our last phone call we were kind of laughing about it talking about it but i got better and he didn't and um i don't i i know that it was all god's plan we i can see that clearly now but um it's just a that's just a weird dynamic thinking about how he was so strong and then just gone in just a matter of weeks um so the frailty of life for sure and then i think through through like writing his uh, tribute to him and hearing the tributes from his his siblings and those that he worked with 
Um, I think the thing that really stands out, um, his his brother, uh, Dan Stetler, um, who dad looked up to like his whole life, basically is his, his hero. Um, he, he said a line, I think, that really stood out to me. It, he said, Steve uh, found out like the secret. He, he, he became comfortable in his own skin and God was able to use him for that. And I think that really does sort of sum it up. It, in spite of all of his insecurities, he finally got to like a breaking point where God, where he's like, all right, God, if you can use me and you want to use me and you're telling me like, I need Steve, I don't need Dan and Daryl or David or, or anybody else. I need Steve. All right, you can use me. From that point on, really, like he did become comfortable in his own skin and was just content to to live his life how God wanted him to. And I think that's the that's really the secret of a successful life, at least in the Christian faith, of course, where it's like we surrender to the plan of our maker. We play our puzzle piece for God and um, we just sit back and watch how he uses us. And um, that that funeral is a testament of a life well lived for sure. Well, and you mentioned over and over again, your, your dad coming to terms with his insecurities, um, things that, uh, he, he thought he could be better at, or like, you know, it, there's a much better tool out there somewhere than sure. you're using me. Okay. Okay. I, you, you're going to have to make up the gap. How, yeah. uh, the question I want to ask here, how, how did understanding his, his own story, play into uh, those understanding those weaknesses play into his actions in life. Did he have to spend a lot of time on that? Or is it just like, Hey, I'm weak. Uh, and uh, cause it seems like there'd be a lot of work in, sure. in oh, yeah. understanding yourself, understanding your story and understanding God's grace and all of that. Yeah. So I think it was actually a, uh, I think it was a, a lengthy process because from an early, he didn't he didn't start reading until he was in the second grade, um, and so from those points on, like you're going through those really formative early years where you're already, I mean, you're already facing insecurities and things like that, and then you add on learning disabilities, dyslexia, a stuttering problem, all of this stuff, and I think there was a growing process into basically his college years, and then after he met my mom and and was going out into ministry. I think that's really when it started to become a uh, he started to see the bigger picture of like, oh, I made this way for a reason. This literally is what God wants wants to use for me. Like there's going to be broken people along the way. And he wants to me to allow my brokenness to be um, a resource and a help to other people. Well, that mirrors what um, what what Danae Miller said in her episode just last month. Mm-hmm. Um, this is releasing in June now, um, but she she was talking about her battle with anorexia and finally coming mm-hmm. to a point where she's saying, you know what, I I need to glorify my my purpose is to glorify God, and yeah. I can't do my best for Him while I'm battling this and I'm malnourished, and it gave her a purpose to move forward. Sure. It, it kind of mirrors what you're talking about with your dad. Absolutely. Absolutely. And part, part of legacy is, is, you know, how you're, or you're remembered obviously, but some of the things, those processes or projects that, that you leave behind, were there sustainable processes or projects or other things your dad implemented that continue today? So I, I think the, I, well, let me just put it this way. Like dad never like came into like the dinner table and sat down with my sister and I and said, all right, kids, you know, here's my nine step plan for a successful life and whatever. I, it wasn't anything like that, but really what dad did extremely well was he was so intentional with us. Like he was just plugged in. He was a 
extremely busy guy. He had a lot of, he wore a lot of different hats. Um, he did a lot of different things in, in ministry. He was a school principal, assistant pastor, youth pastor, did all sorts of stuff, but he was always there for us. And it was very intentional about that. And I think working right hand in hand with that was he, like, he served us. It would be easy for someone that was so busy to like rely on his wife and kids so much to like fill in the gaps. But that really wasn't what he did. Sure. We worked together. We always did ministry stuff together, but he was there for us and would, and would do anything he could for my mom, for my sister or myself. Um, and I think that's really what was ingrained into my sister and I of just this, these acts of service, helping one another, not holding yourself so high that you think people need to serve you, but like, Oh yeah, I'll be happy to go and do that or get this for you or whatever. Um, those are the things that make a lasting impression in my mind for sure. Well, let's go down that road just a little bit because there, sure. there is a alert, uh, excuse me, a listener's question, um, that, that I'd like to ask you, but, um, along that same line of you're, you're getting into a little bit of the parenting side of legacy. Um, with that, uh, someone writes in, with all the information available to us now about childhood trauma, generational trauma, etc., as parents, it can almost feel overwhelming to try to raise our children perfectly because we want so badly to do it right. From your perspective, and he, he puts your name in here, but from your perspective, your unique perspective, looking back, how much was it about perfect parenting and perfect legacy versus a genuine knowing of love, nurture, and care, if that makes sense to you. Sure. Well, I think the the first thing was we, like, we loved my dad. Like, I love my dad. He's my hero. But my dad wasn't perfect. My dad was human. And he never um, once claimed to be perfect. Um, and I remember multiple times whenever he would come into the living room, call us in, you know, for a little family meeting and you know, cry and apologize for something. I, I was too hard on you here. I, I, I shouldn't have, I should have been more understanding or whatever, you know, and this was very willing to, um, to step back and uh, acknowledge and apologize. And I don't think that was always easy for him. Um, I, he was opinionated. He did have strong views on things, but he was willing to humble himself in front of his wife and his kids and, and make it, make it right. And I think that to me is, is one of the main things as I, I have two young boys, a two-year-old and a basically a two month old. Um, as I'm starting on this parenting journey, it's like, I need to understand that I'm not going to be perfect. And I hope that they know that. And then I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to walk this, this road too, but you always can talk to your dad. You could always, um, ask questions. You have a safe place with me and I'll do my best to step up, step back and apologize whenever, whenever dad messes up, you know, I think that's something that, that dad did really well. Um, and I, I hope to, to emulate as well in my life. Well, one thing I want to highlight there is you, you could, uh, make the, the assertion that, Hey, I've, I'm only two years into parenting, so I'm not going to answer that question because <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, but I feel like it's important to, to share as much as you know, you, you know, we know a lot more, uh, in life than, than we give ourselves credit for, but it sounds like that's kind of what your dad did too. Like, mm, I don't feel adequate for this, but I know the next right thing is to apologize. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know the next right thing is to uh, love on my kids. Um, just the next right thing. Yeah. What, what advice though? Cause it sounds like, you know, your dad with all of his faults, cause he's human, um, you know, he was, he was a good dad. 
yeah. um, and left a great legacy to remember and passed on, you know, some heritage to you. But what, what, what about someone who maybe doesn't have that great legacy? They look back um, to a, a father figure or a mother who they didn't get it right and they didn't care if they didn't get it right. And maybe they weren't even there. Uh, what yeah. advice do you have for someone working on developing their own legacy, but not having had a pattern to build out of? Sure. Well, first off, that's uh, it's just heartbreaking to me to think of that. And I've been so blessed to have have such a, a wonderful uh, father, wonderful parents um, to those that that don't have that. Um, I think you can remember that God promises to be a father to the fatherless. And if your mom or your dad didn't show up for you and you feel lost and like I'm doing this all on my own, um, God proves over and over again that he'll be there and he'll be sufficient. And I think of the scripture that talks about, you know, if you give good gifts to your children, how much more will I give good gifts to you? And uh, shortly after dad passed, um, I was taking some time and praying and just talking to God about this. And I just, you know, kind of coming to a breaking point of just like, I can't, I, I love him so much. I can't believe he's gone. And God just kind of took that verse and, and really reminded me of the, the gravity of it. It's like, yeah, you did love him and he loved you. I love you even more than that. And I think that is something that is just, it's almost like, too vast to even comprehend, but it's true. Like he, God loves us so much and he cares. And his heart was broken when he saw my heart broken of my dad's passing, you know? And I think that is something that we can hold on to. We might not have good role models around us, but we have a heavenly father that truly knows us and, and knows our frame, remembers that we're dust and, and truly cares and has walked the path with, with us as Jesus. So well, it's not lost on me listening and, and watching you. So you've dealt with a lot of personal loss in the midst of an already universally painful season for everyone during the pandemic. But, you know, you have that personal loss mm-hmm. and then you still find a way to speak into the lives of, of youth at, at uh, Youth Challenge and lead there and speak well of, of God and be joyful in the midst of pain. Yeah. How much of that is purposeful? And if it's okay to ask, have you struggled with the, the why God? Sure. Oh yeah, sure. So uh, to the purposeful uh, question, I have done my best in this process to try to walk the road of sorrow as, as best as I possibly can, knowing full well that this is a road I have never been on before. Like I've, I've told my, I've told several people like I'm, you know, 29, 30 years old. And this is brand new territory for me. I just have no clue where to go. No prior knowledge. You know, um, it's like, Oh, start getting up one day and like, Oh, we're going to learn a new thing here. And so I've done my best to, to really throw myself on God and say, Hey, I don't know the path here, but you promised to walk with me. So I'm going to hold my, I'm going to hold as hard as I can on to your hand through this process. And God's proven himself so faithful. In fact, uh, one of the, the things with all of this, you know, with the, why is, why did you take dad? You know, real truly, I don't have the answer for that. I don't know why. And I won't find out until I get to heaven. Um, I, it seems to me in my, you know, humanity that dad was in the prime of his life. He was actually just reaching a certain level of 
of reach where he was speaking into more and more people's lives and making a difference. And it seems like when he just got to that point, that's when God took him away. And it's just like a huge question mark, right? Like why, why in the world did you take him then? And so I don't know why God would do that. But what I do know is that through this whole process, God has just proven himself faithful and faithful. I, the one of my favorite songs right now, um, that I just continue to sing is that, you know, all my life you have been faithful, all my life you have been so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. I don't know how I even got to that point. I just know in the deepest part of me that God has been so faithful to us. And he has helped us and walked us, walked with us through this journey of grief and sorrow. And it's just been a one day at a time where he just proves himself faithful to us. Uh, and I, that truly is what keeps us going, keeps us from losing our mind from grief. You, you talk about losing your mind from grief. Um, I, I can't imagine uh, that loss, um, it, but I do know through the work we do with Grace Story, there are those that do lose their mind with grief. They, they get stuck um, even more so than we can even imagine. Um, with that, you, you, you've put some emphasis at Youth Challenge where you direct on mental health uh, issues within uh, the youth specifically because that's your niche. Is there a lack of mental health? And we're, I know we're taking a sharp turn, but in, when, you, when you said that, it just piqued my, my interest. Sure. When, when you talk about your ministry with youth, um, is there a lack of, of conversation about mental health or are you seeing that increase? And how would you like to see mental health around grief and loss and uh, growing up and all those things, a lot of uh, self-harm issues? Sure. Um, how would you like to see that conversation change and what are you doing about that? Sure. For the majority of my life, mental health was it's just not talked about. And I don't think it was necessarily intentional. I think it's people didn't know what to do or say about it. It was like, yeah, we see this problem or I'm struggling with this problem, but I have no clue what, what to do, what resources there are. I feel a little weird bringing it up. It's like, you know, if someone has a broken arm, you can like see it hanging off to the right side. You're like, yeah, you need, you need to get that fixed. You can't really see a mental health issue necessarily. And so I think some people just like, oh yeah, maybe take some medicine or whatever. And it's like, no, this is, this is a, this is a part of our, our humanity. This is a part of, of the fall that we have to deal with while here on earth. And I think one of the greatest things that's happening right now through things like Grace Story and what were some of the things that we're trying to do at Youth Challenging is um, give kids a safe place to talk about those things and also help them know like you're not alone and you're not weird for that. Um, in the same way that we all have have our own issues, our own baggage, things that we're, that we're born with, some for some people, part of their journey might be dealing with mental health issues and that's okay. Um, and there's hope for you. There's grace for you. Um, you're not junk or broken or somehow, um, insufficient and God can't use you. Uh, you know, on the contrary, um, you are beautiful. You are still made in the image of God. And one day all will be made right. And until then we're going to work together to, to try to fulfill God's purposes and help each other on the journey um, to, to restoration, as you guys say. Well, and I love, we were at uh, great story. was at youth challenge this last year. Um, love interacting with the, they bring so much life 
into sure. uh, it's so uh, to, touch, to touch old guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we uh, we love being there. And and part of what you do is you're you're uh, you're passing a baton. You're 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 helping to disciple um, these kids uh, into a, a Christian worldview, a belief system. Part of your dad's legacy was that same thing, passing on a heritage and a passion for serving God to sure. you, um, which you're now passing on to others. But we had a, a, another listener ask a question when we were talking about this topic of legacy um, and and your dad and you. And, and they said they asked, how do you impart a belief system like Christianity without your children uh, becoming numb to the wonder of it all or the flip of that driving them away from it? What's the balance of taking your own legacy, passions, purpose, heritage, and infusing that into your own kid's life without causing them to err on one side or the other? I think it comes down to it's it's more than just words. It has to be. Um, we all can read the manual. We can read the good quotes, the things that sound good, and we can say them with conviction. But if there is not true like heart change and balance behind the scenes that actually lives it out i think um you know it's it's first corinthians 13 it's it's uh it's a banging gong a clinging sim symbol you know um you really have to have that love in your heart and that and that change that the the personal the personal relationship with christ that you can live out and mimic um and and really to that point I talked about with my dad of being willing to, to back up and make things right. If you, if you make a mistake, if you step out of line, uh, it's saying, Hey, we're still on this journey together. We, we make corrections as needed, but, um, this is more than just words. It's what something we live and die by. So it, I want to shift that back to your dad again, because it sounds like he, he did a lot of that. Um, I don't know that he won his uh, <laughs> tombstone to read. He was a, a banging gong, but <laughs> but with with him, what what's something maybe that he or a story where he passed on to you some advice or something, something about him that just lives rent free in your head. Oh sure, um, and that that uh, has has helped you or changed you or uh, it is that's part of his legacy. Sure. Well, it's it's funny you say that because you know shortly after he passed away you, I have found that I'm like trying to grab onto as many memories as I possibly can. I'm so afraid I'm going to forget him or forget something, you know, I think this is part of the Greek journey, but I, in my office, um, I wrote on a couple pieces of paper, two quotes that I remembered vividly him saying or preaching or something throughout the years. And I was like, I've, I've got to always remember these. And so one says, God wants you to do what's right even more than you do. He'll make sure you know what to do. And that was in a point in my life where I was very, very conscientious. I was so afraid. I just watched the Left Behind movie and I just was so afraid that I was going to be left behind. And they all were going to go, <laughs> go to heaven. Speaking of generational trauma, we all, yeah, that, absolutely. that helped a lot of yeah, us. Yeah, absolutely. So I was so afraid that I was going to miss it, that I was going to do something wrong and God was going to be like, aha, gotcha. And um you're, you're, you're not good enough. And dad just looked at me and just said, like, he wants you to do what's right more than you do. And he's going to like bend over backwards to make sure you know what is the right thing to do, the right way to go. He'll make it clear to you. He's not a God that tries to like play games with us. And so that always stuck with me. And then the second thing kind of in line with that was 
on this whole topic of like trying to do what's right and really be grounded spiritually. Um, he, he always, he would preach this and say, you have two options. If you, if you fall down, you can either lay there or you can get up and keep moving. And I think that is, um, something that I have just held on to my whole life is like, yeah, sometimes we're, sometimes we might fall. Sometimes we might sin and make a really bad, bad mistake or decision. And we've got to repent and you got to step back and just say, throw yourself at God's mercy. But just remember you can lay there or you can go backwards, but the real step is to get up and just keep moving forwards because that's where God wants us to go. And so um, those are the two things that, as you say, kind of live rent free in my head and, and I love it. Well, let's keep going down that road talking about your dad, not, not just a long legacy, I guess, but you talk about uh, keeping it and trying to hoard as many memories as you can. What are, what are your top, like, I don't know, two favorite memories where when you think about your dad, it just makes you proud or makes you laugh or, you know, sure. Wells up inside some emotion. What What's your top two? Okay. So I'm trying to think. So some of my favorite memories of all time were the trips that we took vacations. My parents were very good about just having vacations with us kids, going on road trips, things like that. So those are, those are wonderful memories. Dad always, um, uh, would would be careful to to play uh, games with me. Uh, I remember he and I would play Mario, Mario Kart, stuff like that. Those are things that I just have so much fondness looking back on. Um, one that's more recent, probably that I think is just it's so special to me because it's kind of funny. Um, Dad was this was so a couple months before he died. It was, he was traveling from Texas to Indiana for a youth camp. He was speaking at. And there was horrible weather in Dallas and he got uh, the plane got flight got canceled. And so there was like, you know, a thousand people in line with one customer service agent. So they're standing in line for like six hours, you know, and as dad would, he starts talking to everybody around him and everyone's grouchy and dad's trying to dad's probably grouchy too, but he was trying to be um, as kind as he could. And he starts up a conversation with like a a couple um, that just come out of like, I mean, some rough situations. And then there was a guy that was from Germany, but he also like lived in Mexico. So dad's like, oh, I was a missionary in Mexico, all this stuff. So they're in line for like four hours and they finally get up there and realize they're not going to be able to to fly out that night. They reschedule their their tickets for like the next day. And they're now they're needing to figure out where they're going to stay. Well, dad's online on on a call with, um, uh, I think it's Comfort Suites. And he was like a member of their little reward program or something like that. And he ends up getting multiple rooms and he's like talking to these people like, Hey, do you need a room? Like I can try to get this. Like, uh, yeah, you go ahead and get us whatever. He gets two rooms. He ends up getting like a sweet thing where it has like a couch bed and then like a separate room. And he and this other guy from like Germany end up sharing this hotel room. I'm like, if I would have done that, I would have been murdered so fast. <laughs> I, I would have died. So the guy's like, Oh, this is great. I've been wondering where I was going to kill you. And you got a room. <laughs> This is awesome. But no, That's dad. Bathtub. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Chop you up. Yeah. yeah. Dad in the, his flight was going to leave at like four in the morning or something. So he was only going to be in the hotel for like two or three hours. And he's like, hey, listen, wow. I'll get this hotel and I got you guys a late checkout. I'm just going to sleep on the couch because I'm just going to only get a couple hours and then I'm going to leave. Just stay as long as you need. Check out, go to your flight and go. He slept on the couch. He slept too. on the couch and then left within a couple hours. Like He honestly didn't even need to get a hotel. He should have slept in the airport because it was going to be so short. But he got these two rooms for these people and left. And he said, you know, I, why are you doing this? He said, I just 
don't you know God loves you? And that's basically it. He didn't like try to do anything real crazy. He just showed the love of Christ by getting him a hotel room and sleeping on the couch. But it's a funny story because only Steve Stetler could do that and not die. Um, but it's a beautiful story because it's like, oh man, would I have done that? Would I have got a room for someone else, especially whenever I was only going to be there for a couple hours? And so that really is, that's a, a memory I hope I hold on to forever, for sure. That's an amazing, because I, I don't know that I would. I would be sitting there counting the beans, like, okay, you're two hours. Or, well, all right. 100%. Absolutely. It sounds like his... His life, everywhere he went, was a, a mission for Jesus, even if it was a four-hour line at the airport. You're exactly right. You're Which exactly is why right. people remember him as being like Jesus. Yep. Yeah. yeah. The more I think about your dad's legacy, the more it sounds like, as simple as that sounds, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it is. And a lot of intentionality and a lot of purpose. Yeah. It costs I, something to do that. It really yeah. does. And, I mean, God help me, that's something that, I have to fight against that, that inner desire to, to not be the hands and the feet of Jesus, because it's just the default setting is to kind of think about self and that's sad, but it's true. But dad seemed to have a gear that he could just turn on or he's just the hands and feet of Jesus. Well, sure. He could have been, it it could have sounded really good. Like I actually need to save my organization some money here uh, by, so I can just sleep. So, but yeah, uh, that's amazing. I love that. I'm glad I asked that question. (laughs) (laughs) So let's turn, let's turn to you now because his, his life has affected you uh, and your legacy. And as, as we're coming to the end here, I've got a couple questions specifically for Kent, how, first of all, how has his legacy shaped your worldview, your view of God and what your purpose in life is? I know that's a small question. Sure. (laughs) Well, I, so I think really what it comes down to for me is like my dad's my hero and he was a good picture of what my heavenly father is. And so for my worldview, it's like, I want to, it's kind of like, Apostle Paul, follow me as I follow Christ. And it's like, I instinctively had some of a difficult image of, of God just because I haven't seen him. You know, I, I believe in God. I've surrendered my life to him. I want to follow him. But I've never seen him. And sometimes that's hard to, especially for a, a teenager, a young adult, to try to connect all those dots. But um, dad lived life in such a way that I really could picture him and picture a little bit of Jesus um, as well. And so I think that kind of goes hand in hand. I'm just, I'm looking to dad. I could trust him and listen to what he said, how he lived his life and say, oh, okay, God really is good. This is how God is working in his life. I can trust him and I can see God that way as well. I don't know if that answers the question or not, but. Well, it does because it kind of answers everything in one foul swoop where it sounds like he's shaped even though you can't see God, he became the image of God to you. Absolutely. Uh, very much imprinted on your heart. So understanding the importance of your dad's legacy, what it, what his legacy has meant to you, what action items are you putting in your life so that your legacy, what you will be remembered as, uh, is purposeful? I think some of it comes down to that intentionality and that, that servanthood, um, recognizing that I need to, I need to be thinking more than just myself. I need to be helping other people. And then um, acknowledging my own brokenness, um, the things in my life 
that I am weak in, um, that's okay. Um, it's okay to have a thorn in the flesh as long as we go to the one who says, my grace is sufficient for you and you're actually more powerful in your brokenness when you trust in me. And I think that is something that I'm trying to learn. It's a, it's a process, man. I wish it was easy, but um, it's like, no, you know, it's okay to get up in the morning and say, you know what, God, unless you help me, unless you give me the words to say, um, I'm going to fall flat on my face today. So, you know, lead me, help me to listen and to walk by the spirit. Um, and I think that's, that's what I'm trying to learn and trying to mimic in my life uh, as I'm going into a new decade um, of accepting my brokenness, but leaning so hard on that grace that God promises to provide. I love it. I, and understanding, like you said, it's going, it's going to cost something. Mm-hmm. Um, and if only you knew what it would cost and be like, you could weigh that out. Sure. Uh, but it sounds like even with your dad, it was moment by moment and just open palm. Yeah. Uh, keeping that open. Absolutely. So we're, we're nearing the end here. We're at about the, the 40, 45 minute mark. Uh, and there's, there's, we didn't get to everything I wanted to today. I always have way more questions than uh, I'm a question guy. I want to learn. Um, but here at the end, I like to give each guest an opportunity uh, to kind of just speak directly to the listener um, and share something from their heart, maybe about something we've talked about on legacy, um, about themselves or an action item or encouragement. If you could speak directly to the listener uh, from Kent, what what would you talk about? My dad wrote a an email shortly before he died um maybe maybe a few months before then to the missionaries that he was working with and there's a small excerpt that he that he shared was reminding them to keep god's perspective in view um he said just keep being a light in the darkness and hope and to those who have none keep being faithful and stand and watch god work and i think for us and for the listener i would say you might feel insignificant or unknown in this world but that's okay um remember that you can leave a legacy for a kingdom that has no end as as you trust in god as you stand back and let him work um that will leave a legacy um in and of itself Uh, i think if we try to build our own legacy we fall so short of what it could be but if we stand back and let God work in and through us, he builds the legacy that will have no end. Um, so just keep following Jesus. I think that's really what it comes down to. Just keep following Jesus and let let him have the piece of the puzzle um, that he so desperately wants from each of us. I love that. It sounds like building first on the foundation of Jesus, that your, your legacy will be able to be so much better. Absolutely. So much better. Absolutely. Well, Ken, I know you're a busy man. Uh, I appreciate you coming on a uh, great story podcast, sharing your heart, sharing memories, sharing about your dad and uh, giving us uh, a little bit of that Kent wisdom. <laughs> Take it for what it's worth, I guess. Um, if you really want wisdom, go back and find any sermon my dad preached. There's so much more wisdom there. But dude, it's been <laughs> such a privilege to be on and talk about my two favorite things, my dad and Jesus. I love it. Well, thanks for coming on. Happy to be it. Thanks so much for having me. 
And we'll be back in two weeks with another episode for you. Uh, make sure you go on over to GraceStoryMinistries.com. Uh, check out all the resources there. We have women's conference coming up in November of 2022. We have men's conference launching in May of 2023. There's all sorts of information over there uh, on the website. Uh, so make sure you head on over there. Subscribe so you can get updates. Uh, just click uh, on there and put in your, your email address. We'll reach out to you. I, I say it every time, but I mean it. There is no us without you. So plug in. You're a part of the community. We love you. Uh, we'll see you in two weeks for another episode. Until then, we'll be praying for you.